You're listening to Once, episode 184, Cinderella 2015 Movie Review. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. And I'm Jenny. And that is a new voice to many of you, but this is the amazing, the talented, the beautiful, <laughs> my wife, and I am highly biased because of that, Jenny. Thank you for joining me for this. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, It worked out well that Jenny was going to see the movie with me. and I did make a really big fuss about <laughs> seeing this movie because I really wanted to see it. Yes. So I'm really glad Jeremy didn't get to go see it because <laughs> I got to go see it because Jeremy didn't get to go see it. Because Cinderella is still in the theaters at the time that you're listening to this, most likely, and at the time we're releasing this, the first few minutes of this are going to be spoiler free. So don't worry about that. We'll just share our initial ideas and perspectives of the movie and whether we think you should see it. I'll do my best. And then we'll share the spoilers after that. And that's when it's no holds barred. <laughs> so first of all, one of the things I know some people were looking forward to was this Frozen Fever short that was just before the movie. Jenny, in general, what did you kind of think of that? I thought it was cute. I loved it. I love seeing Elsa in a new color. The basic premise is that it's Anna's birthday party, but Elsa gets a cold. Yeah. And comedy ensues from that. There is one song, right? It was just one song they sung. Throughout the whole thing? Yeah, well, probably. Uh, yeah, total. And I think so. There was one little reference back to the original Frozen movie, The Cold Never Bothered Me Anyway. <laughs> and then the rest of the song. It, it wasn't as catchy as Let It Go. It's certainly no. not going to replace Let It Go in your mind. No, I even forgot it. I don't even remember what the tune was. It, it was something about best day of your life or something. It was fun. It was though. fun. Fun to watch. In a really cute short, I think. Especially bringing... Elsa's ability to create life to a whole new level. Yeah. And multiple, many, many levels. Yeah. Little many levels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. I think you'll enjoy it. At some point, I'm sure Disney will make that available on some DVD or Blu-ray somewhere. When that's available, especially when the movie is available for purchase, you can purchase it through our affiliate link and support the podcast at oncepodcast.com slash 184. What did you think then overall of this Cinderella movie? I loved it. It was magical. I loved it. You think Once Upon a Time fans would like it? Yeah, I think they would. Because in Once Upon a Time, we didn't get to see much of, was it Ashley? Mm -hmm. Ashley that played Cinderella. Yeah. I no, we didn't get to see much of her. So I definitely recommend this Cinderella movie. It was of, a lot of fun. Of the recent fairy tale movies that have been coming out, like Maleficent, Into the Woods, Jack the Giant Slayer, some of these movies that we've reviewed for one's podcast, I think Cinderella is the one that probably will fits in the most with the Once Upon a Time ideals, and it tells the fairy tale in this really magical way that is very similar to what we know from the Disney version. I mean, it's very much based on the Disney version. In fact, in the credits it did reference the Disney version as well as the Grimm fairy tales. Into the Woods, I think, presented a better, more accurate story of Cinderella. 
according to the grim fairy tales and all of the different versions there are of the Cinderella story. But if you want a modern retake on Cinderella that still maintains all of the magic, all of the beauty, I think this would be it. And this, they did a great job. I have to agree. The mice were really cute. In yeah, this. they were. And I didn't talk. But right. they were cute. Or, and not in a way that you could actually understand exactly right. what they were saying. Sometimes it sounded kind of like you could understand them. Like the minions from, <laughs> <laughs> from Despicable Me, where sometimes they say a real word. But the mice, yeah, could communicate in some way. But I thought it wasn't obnoxious and it wasn't childish. I agree. Like in the, the original Cinderella cartoon version, which really, when you look at the original Disney Cinderella cartoon... It's very childish. This is more an epic, well, not necessarily epic, but I think a great way to retell the story in a way that the entire family can enjoy, not just the kids. Yeah. The moment that I thought it was going to be like tree hugger, naturalist sort of thing, where Cinderella talks to animals, was when she told the stag to run. That was the moment where I was like, uh-oh, is this turning into something that I don't really want to see? <laughs> but it wasn't. It was nice. But that was the only moment where she could have seemed like like a full-blown naturalist tree hugger type. Well, the animals were her friends. And mm-hmm. from her perspective, she had just met this animal and she doesn't want her friend to be hurt. Yeah. And many of the animals did have a sort of personality to them. Yeah. But without this being all about the animals, which I'd say like the original Cinderella movie from Disney, I remember watching it. For the animals. You do? Yeah. I, I, well, because I'm a boy. <laughs> I'm not, I can't relate with Cinderella. Yeah, it's kind of a girl's story. I'll give you that. And so I would watch it loving the mice and Gus Gus, who, by the way, is in this movie yeah, as well. Yeah, the fat mouse. <laughs> and uh, in this movie, though, I think it's a great way of telling it, though, that fits for everyone. And it's not just a girly movie. I mean, it's not a movie that guys are going to be like, yeah, let's go see Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't weird that she talked to the animals every day. Right. Like, I talk to Lucy every day, our dog. So the only moment that was weird was when she was talking to the stag because she mm-hmm. just met the stag. But that was just what I thought. So if you like Once Upon a Time, you probably like fairy tales. <laughs> then I think we can both agree. What would you say? Out of five stars, how many stars would you give this? And you can have half stars. I'd say four and a half. I was thinking the same thing. Four and a half stars out of five for this. Cinderella. It is a beautiful movie. Bright colors. Magical. Yeah, really magical. Fun, too. It has its funny moments. And it doesn't get ridiculous. No. And it's not obnoxious with the amount of music. Actually, there are very few lyrical pieces of music in this. Yeah, it wasn't a musical. I liked that a lot. In fact... Many people will wonder, well, did any of the original Disney music make it in? Yes, into the credits. Yes, and sometimes Cinderella would hum the songs while she was working. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I missed that part yeah. then. I, yeah, I loved that. I loved I loved hearing some of the songs hummed without the movie actually being a musical. I loved that. If you get the soundtrack, and we'll have a link to it for Amazon and iTunes in the show notes for this episode at onespodcast.com slash 184. Four, there will be some really cool bonuses that I didn't realize until I looked at the soundtrack. The two songs, A Dream is a Wish and Bippity Boppity Boo, are from the original Disney movie, and they are sung by the cast. 
A Dream is a Wish, which we heard in the closing credits of this movie, is actually sung by Lily James, who plays Cinderella. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And the song Bippity Boppity Boo is sung by Helena Bonham Carter, who plays the fairy godmother. Oh. I was so glad that that those songs made it into the movie, even though it was at the end credits. I loved because... A Dream of a Wish is kind of the song you think of when mm-hmm. you think of Cinderella, as well as Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Those are just the, yeah. the most memorable songs. And Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, it, which I just love saying. It's just fun to hear you say that. <laughs> Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. <laughs> it does make it into the movie as it's a, a spell that's cast for yeah. something, but not the actual song, Bippity but Bobbidi those Boo. words. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And by the way, if you enjoyed the original Cinderella, there is now an honest trailer version of the Cinderella cartoon just recently released. And we'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. But I mentioned the soundtrack and I want to play a portion of this before I thank our sponsors for this episode. And then we get into our spoiler talk. The soundtrack is by Patrick Doyle. And if you're a soundtrack fan, then you may instantly know what kind of music he does. It's very magical, very flowing, very airy, a lot of strings and very beautiful music, which just fits so well with a fairy tale love story like this. So here is a sample from the soundtrack by Patrick Doyle. My one disappointment with the soundtrack, as beautiful as it is, it doesn't actually include Lily James singing Lavender Blue, Hmm. which she does do in the movie in a really cute spot, but we'll get into the spoilers in just a moment. I want to thank some people who made this episode of the podcast possible. David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, and our 11 backers on Patreon. Thank you very much for your kind donations to keep the podcast going. It does cost for the podcast and your donations cover things like the media hosting, the web hosting, the plugins we have to use to run the website, the gas to go to and from these movies and a lot of other things too. So we really appreciate every little bit that you can contribute. Some people are contributing as little as 25 cents per episode. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Some you hear their names in every episode because they're contributing to every episode. Thank you very much. Whatever amount you can contribute does really help. We have several options for you. If you'd like to donate to an episode or several episodes or an ongoing basis, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you, David, Steve, and Lisa for your support for this episode. Thank you. One other thing you can do to support us is please vote for us in the podcast awards every day through March 24th. Visit oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Once podcast is nominated for best produced Thank you very much for your awesome support of that. But we also have several podcasts in the awards under different categories, and we'd like to support some of our friends too. So please get all the details to see how you can vote every day through March 24th at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Thank you for your support, whether it be with donations or with voting in the podcast awards. Thank you. You are awesome. Thank you. So now, no holds barred. Spoilers can run free in this. (laughs) Let's talk about Cinderella and more of the plot points. 
Jenny, you were reading some of the actual grim fairy tale. What were some of your observations about the differences between what we saw here, maybe kind of the Disney version that we've seen before, and what you've seen in Grimm's? Yeah, actually, unlike both the cartoon and the uh, most recent version, Cinderella's clothes were actually supposed to be an old gray frock and wooden clocks. Hmm. Did you know that? Wooden? That makes it sound a little German, which fits. Well, in the cartoon, she does wear wooden clogs for just a moment. She's just feeding the chickens, but it's not her everyday clothes. And the reason she wore those was because her stepsisters in the Grim Fairy Tale took away all her pretty clothes. And some of the other interesting differences between this and the original fairy tale. Well, it's hard to say the original fairy tale, like the emphasis on the word the, because there are many different versions of this. Grimm's version is just one of several different ones. And the ideas of the Cinderella story make it into several different versions and mm-hmm. variations. What and is her actual name originally? Well, it, you just said. Yeah, originally it's in different languages. So like for Grimm, her nickname was Ashen Poodle. I'm probably <laughs> mispronouncing that. But uh, we have a link in the show notes for this episode to the Wikipedia article that nicely compares the many different versions and points out some of their big differences between the different versions. But with the movie here, they kept the movie very Disney-themed, but yet still pulled in a little bit more of the original fairy tales into this. Certain things that are more Disney version themed is like the glass slipper that was used in this too. Mm -hmm. And that is now the icon to us. We think Cinderella, we think glass slipper. In some of the versions of the original fairy tale, the glass slipper was not the final slipper. It was one of the shoes. In fact, the festival that Cinderella went to lasted for several days and she would go in some beautiful dress and then she would leave the festival by midnight and then she'd go the next night, then leave. This was a funny point in the Into the Woods version of Cinderella because we would see Cinderella go and leave, go and leave, go and run away each time. And in Into the Woods, the prince actually put tar down in order to catch (laughs) Cinderella and it caught her shoe instead. That's actually in some versions of the original fairy tale that on the third day, the prince tried to catch her, but he couldn't still, but he got her shoe. In the original fairy tale, usually the one that the prince ends up catching is a gold shoe. Disney made it just one night. You know, I could have danced all night, you know, instead of I could have danced all three nights. (laughs) Yeah, it works much better to be one night for Disney. And Disney then chose the icon of the glass slipper instead of the golden shoe. Mm. And also in this, they didn't have the gory detail of cutting off the toes and cutting off the heel that the sisters tried to do, the stepsisters in order to fit into the shoe. That's disturbing. But Into the Woods had that detail in it. Ew. So I'm kind of glad they didn't include that here because this Cinderella is supposed to be like a whole family thing, not Mm -hmm. really gross like that. And Into the Woods was more raw of a story than this version of Cinderella was. Was the hazelnut tree in Into the Woods? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, There was a, yes, actually there was. At the mother's grave? Yeah. And a little bird? mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. not the little bird, but she did go the way the fairy tale goes is that Cinderella actually went to this hazel tree that was planted from the branch that her father brought back. Right. That's in the Grim Fairy Tale, too. Yeah. Except there's a bird in it. And the bird is kind of like the fairy godmother, because when Cinderella's mother died, she said, I'll watch you from heaven. 
And every time Cinderella visited her mother's grave, a little bird came inside the tree. And when Cinderella made a wish, the bird would toss it to her. And in some versions of the original tale, when Cinderella's mom was dying, she said to be pious and good or holy and good. And she said, as long as you do that, God will provide for you and I will watch from heaven. Mm. In this movie, they put it as have courage, be kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was repeated a lot. It's really the theme of this whole movie. It is. Have, Have courage, courage and be, be kind. kind. And we see Cinderella struggle with that throughout the movie, that there is a moment where she says, I don't have any more courage. That was refreshingly realistic. And that was the moment when she met the fairy godmother. Yeah. And it was so neat the way, it was kind of like a test. I like how they did that, that shows that even though Cinderella had given up, she can still be kind because she's crying. Fairy godmother is like, can I have some bread and milk <laughs> yeah cinderella's like sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like the way they portrayed her cinderella the fairy yeah godmother. The, the cinderella the fairy bog mother i just said <laughs> <laughs> fairy godmother or hairy dog father hairy dog father <laughs> I think some of the other differences, I mean, there are all kinds of differences between this and the original stories. And one other difference that uh, I think makes for a better story when you watch it as a movie is the stepsisters were supposed to be beautiful in appearance, but ugly in personality. In most of the movies, we see that the stepsisters are ugly in appearance and in personality. Yeah. I guess they just want to save time. And make them ugly on the outside and on the inside so they don't have to spend a whole lot of time seeing that they're ugly on the inside. It kind of makes for a better story to do it that way, but it makes it less realistic because it gives the impression that beautiful people are beautiful on the inside and ugly people are ugly on the inside. When the truth is, ugly people can be beautiful on the inside and beautiful people can be ugly on the inside. More like the original fairy tale communicated. There are lots of other similarities between this and the original version Definitely read the original Grimm fairy tale. You can get a copy of it inside of the Once Upon a Time book that ABC released with several Grimm fairy tales. That's one version. There are other versions you can find free online because it is public domain now. And Cinderella is a story that's been told time and time and time and time again. It's In really, many different ways. Yeah. Too. Modernized, retold, changed, all kinds of things. And this was a great telling of it, I think. I loved all the similarities between this and the Disney cartoon. For instance, I loved that she had a gray horse in both. And I love that there was this creepy stairwell to her bedroom in the attic, which in the cartoon, it's not really explained why she ends up in the attic. But in this version, it's it's explained. Yeah. She's wanting to give her bedroom up for the stepsisters because it's a small room that they had before she gave them her room which was bigger and instead of allowing cinderella to stay in the bedroom where they were which was slightly smaller than one she had she said why don't you go sleep in the attic and cinderella's like oh okay and by the way in the movie here cinderella's father dies in the stories it never says that her father dies it doesn't no and in some cases, he is a very integral part of the story, like especially night after night when she's going to the festival. But 
here it's Disney's thing. You know, Disney loves orphans. So they, they <laughs> make an so. orphan out of everyone, really. Actually, in the Grim Fairy Tale, it says that her father also called her Ashen Putel. Mm-hmm. I'm not even yeah, it was a pronouncing nickname. that properly, probably. <laughs> Our apologies to all of the Germans out there who know the proper pronunciation <laughs> much better than us. We're Americans. What can we say? Yeah. When we saw the fairy godmother transforming and especially when they highlighted her making the shoes, mm-hmm. the glass shoes for Cinderella. <laughs> I love how she was like, oh, those will never do. And she actually <laughs> called them ugly, I think. Yeah. She, she called her shoes ugly. I thought it was funny. I was expecting the fairy godmother to say, every story needs a memorable detail. <laughs> Not quite in that voice, but it would have been a nice <laughs> nod I? to Once Upon a Time if they had. Yeah, that would have been really funny. The cinematography and coloring of this was just gorgeous. I really liked how when Cinderella went to the ball, everyone was in kind of muted colors. They looked nice, sure. Mm -hmm. And there were nice colors there. Lots of gold, lots of bright colors. But Cinderella's outfit practically glowed bright blue and really made her stand out well. Yes. My favorite part, cinematography-wise, was how they shot Cinderella's transformation from like tattered dress to ball gown. That was my favorite moment. Best moment. Loved it. It was very magical. And it wasn't just one of those brief poof, you're in a magic no, dress sort it of took, things. It was, oh, it was so nice that they spent a few extra seconds just watching as she just reveled in the beauty of her new dress. It was lovely. Yeah, spinning, twirling, lots of magic going on. Great music going on, too. Again, get the soundtrack from the show notes. Soundtrack is available right now, by the way, and you can purchase it right away. Oncepodcast.com slash 184 to purchase that from Amazon or iTunes. This is not an important detail, but did they ever say Cinderella's stepmother's name? I don't remember hearing it. I actually went and watched the cartoon, and when they're announcing the sisters, they say the name Lady Tremaine. So I'm guessing that's right. Okay, yeah. Lady Yeah, that's right. And the sisters, Anastasia and... Drizella. Drizella, which those aren't in the fairy tale. The original fairy tale doesn't have the father named, the mother named, the sisters. It doesn't have them named. Those names are Disney-fied, Disney-ified, whatever, however you'd say that. But they're, they're Disney versions, just like in Snow White, the dwarves get names that we know today, like Sleepy, Happy, oh, yeah. Sneezy, all of that. That's from Disney as well. Speaking of the sisters, I, at some point while we were watching, I noticed that, what was the red-haired girl's name? Was that Drizella? Yeah, I think or so. Or Anastasia? I can't remember. One of them also was a character, or she, that same actress played in Gallivant. Yeah. And it was so funny watching her, because at one point in Gallivant, that character is singing about poison and in cinderella that same actress gets to sing about poison again i don't know if she's singing about poison but she mentions poison i just thought that was so ironic that she played in two roles that had her mention poison yeah and the tie back there i wonder if that was intentional to use that same actress she's british i think and she's adorable yeah If you want to, go back and listen to episode 179 of our podcast, where we did review Gallivant, a fun musical fairy tale version that's a comedy, definitely a comedy. Yeah, very silly. Comedy. But neat to see the actress, yeah, crossover between these two different fairy tale versions. She played the maid. 
And in both versions, play her part really well. The kind of bratty and odd person. Yeah, she's odd in both. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) Some of the politics that were going on behind this were nice to get a view of inside of this movie. Because in the Disney movie, all that we really see happen at the ball is Cinderella goes, she dances, the song, I could have danced all night, or whatever song happens during that part. And the stepmother trying to find out who is this woman? Is that Cinderella? That kind of thing. I actually loved how the fairy godmother fixed it so that Cinderella's family would not recognize her. I love that. At the ball. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't recognize her because in the Disney cartoon, I think her stepmother does recognize her because she's dancing like afar off. But I loved how she just magicked it so that it's terrible grammar. <laughs> Although she made it so that they wouldn't recognize her. Yeah, and we get to see more of the ball, more of that experience, more of what was it about these two that attracted them to each other, including like the incident with the stag before the ball, but at the ball to see the enchantment, the in a sense love at first sight, but the getting to know each other, mm-hmm. seeing what more was going on, so much more. She only story. wanted to go to the ball to see her friend kit which ends up being the prince but she didn't know he was a prince i love that they met before because it kind of makes more sense for two people who are familiar with each other to be excited to see each other than it does for a prince to meet a girl for the first time and just i don't know insta chemistry yeah so their storytelling with this was much more detailed i think much more believable Mm -hmm. and really fun There were some great lines spoken by the narrator, which was Cinderella's fairy godmother in this. Certain things like the greatest risk that any of us will take to be seen for who we truly are. And throughout the story, we see that Cinderella got that name Cinderella as a joke because her sisters saw her with ash on her face and called her Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Because her her name was Ella. Yeah. And the way that the original tale goes as well is that the sisters gave her this nickname. Ash and Puto. Yeah, to tease her or certain other variations on some of the other stories mm-hmm. from other countries. And in this, when they mention that, that to be seen for who you truly are, that's near the end when Cinderella is meeting the prince, just getting ready to try the shoe on. But at that point, it's kind of like, come on, prince, you know that's her. <laughs> Trying on the shoe is just a formality at that point. <laughs> but... She introduced herself to say, I am Cinderella mm-hmm. instead of I am Ella. Oh, I loved that moment when the prince just steps forward from the guards who are accompanying the Duke yeah. to try on shoes. And he's like, excuse me, he takes off the hat and it's the prince. And everybody in the theater was like, <gasps> <laughs> it was an amazing moment by far. Yeah, I think my second favorite moment in the whole movie. One of the women somewhere in the theater might have done something like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he did. It, yeah, great little twist there. Because the way that the Disney movie portrayed this is that Cinderella was locked up and then she was able to somehow come down. And these, It was the, the animals. Yeah, the animals her. freed her. She comes down as the sisters were trying on the shoe and the evil stepmother because apparently all stepmothers are evil, according <laughs> Not to fairy tales. But uh, the evil stepmother then makes the glass slipper break. That's in the Disney cartoon version. In this, Cinderella is locked up in the tower, and she's just kind of discouraged, but being somewhat accepting of it and sitting at the window, just 
subconsciously singing mm-hmm. Lavender Blue. Yeah. And that's when the guards hear her and ask, well, is there someone else? We need to go investigate this. Mm-hmm. And that's the song that I really wish was on the soundtrack because Lily James did a great job of singing that. Mm-hmm. And just before that, I loved the scene with the stepmother and Cinderella and the stepmother discovered Cinderella. That moment was kind of cool because the stepmother told her story in Once Upon a Time fashion. Yeah. Like she's like, Once Upon a Time. And she told this story and it made you kind of pity her for a second. But then she was her, you know, nasty self and you didn't pity her anymore. But I love how they did that. I loved that it actually made me sympathize with the stepmother a little bit. But that was well done. I loved it. I think then the most beautiful thing is after this whole episode of basically like verbal abuse and chore abuse, if that can be a thing, uh, on Cinderella, at the end of the episode, as the stepmother's plans and her deal with the Duke were shattered, and all of these secret plans in the background and the stuff that would set her up for success in the future, and as she's seen this stepdaughter being whisked away by the prince, Cinderella turned around, looked at her stepmother, and said, I forgive you. Yeah, that was powerful. I thought that's really beautiful. I don't know if it's just I'm noticing it more, but it seems like several recent fairy tale stories as being told in TV and movies are emphasizing real true love more. The forgiveness, the yes, fighting, but making up. Mm-hmm. Like look at Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and some of the great dialogue that happened between Will and Anastasia there and how there was a setup for forgiveness and until death parts us and true love accepts each other and works through the struggles together. And like, look at the movie Maleficent, where true love's kiss is not necessarily the kiss of romance. Unconventional. Yeah, but still true love. And I think really reinforcing this idea that true love is more than just romance. Mm-hmm. It's about commitment. It's about acceptance. It's about forgiveness. Yeah, they're doing that a lot now. Yeah. And Frozen. Yeah. And a lot of times it's they're, beyond the bounds of even just family, but sometimes it's friendships. Yep. They're redefining true love. Or not redefining. I would say Spanning? they are more appropriately oh, defining it I because see. true love is more than just romance That's and true. dancing all night. Another powerful moment was when the guard went up and rescued Cinderella when he heard her singing and the stepmother was there and the stepmother saw that she had lost... She was trying to get a foothold in Cinderella's new life. She even said, this is my daughter or you're my daughter or something to that effect. And Cinderella turned around and she looked at her and she said, you are not my mother and you never have been. Everybody in the theater were like, oh, because <laughs> it was just such a great, strong moment for the character of Cinderella standing up for herself for once, because we don't normally see her stand up for herself. Yeah. And it's not like a moment of saying, because you're not my birth mother, you're not my mother. It's because the stepmother did not make that choice to be a mother to Cinderella. That was true. She had never chosen to actually be her mother. Right. And the beautiful thing is that love and family is much of a choice. You can adopt someone and be a parent to that child and be their real mother or father, not like a fake one or something, but it's all based on the choice to do so. Mm -hmm. and. The level of love, not just blood. And that moment made the forgiveness even more powerful because that was just disgusting of this stepmother to just try and insert herself as if she'd always been there for Cinderella. Silly woman. 
One of the differences from Grim Fairy Tale to Disney is that at the end of the story, it's kind of an awful end. At the wedding, the stepsisters get their eyeballs plucked out by birds. <laughs> oh, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they didn't include that. That would have been kind of gruesome. <laughs> yeah. Disney certainly cleaned up a lot of the fairy tales. <laughs> Yeah, but at the end of the movie, the, you did see the, the animals at the palace, kind of like the Disney version. And then the closing line or near the closing line of the movie was talking about Cinderella. And it said that Cinderella saw the world not as it is, but as it could be. If you see the world with care and kindness and just a little bit of magic. I think beautiful words to end the movie on. Mm -hmm. A beautiful movie. We definitely think you'll enjoy it especially if you enjoy Once Upon a Time and enjoy the fairy tale versions. Go see it if you can. Buy the soundtrack if you enjoy that music. It's beautiful soundtrack, beautiful movie. We think you'll really like it. Please, if you go see it, comment on the show notes to let us know what you think of it. Go over to oncepodcast.com slash 184 to share your thoughts on the movie, especially from the perspective of a Once Upon a Time fan. And if you are a fan of the Disney version or like us, you grew up watching the Disney version, we would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. We'll have some screenshots in the show notes too that point out a couple things, some neat similarities from the old version that you'll just have to see the new movie to see because we can't get the screenshots from them. That would be illegal yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so check out the show notes, comment there, look at the screenshots that we have from some of the original versions and the links that we mentioned to the original different fairy tales and purchase links for the soundtrack and such. That's all at oncepodcast.com slash 184. We'd love for you to connect with us on social networks. You can get all the links at oncepodcast.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast app from oncepodcast.com. Please connect with us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. And for my fellow co-hosts, Jeremy, Aaron J., Hunter, and Jacqueline, I'm your fairy dog father. And thanks for listening. <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And please remember to vote for us in the podcast awards at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards every day through March 24th. And thank you for your support.